Welcome to A Home That Heals. Around here, we like to say we are on a quest to make our homes all they can be. All that God wants them to be, and He'll equip us to do it. So stick around. This is A Home That Heals. And this is my mom, Dee. We are so glad that you are with us today and a part of this conversation that we are having in this new year of raising countercultural kids. We talked last time about fear. What do we have to be afraid of? If you didn't have a chance to check out that episode, I hope you will go do that because, you know, there's a lot in terms of raising kids and things to be afraid of. We are not in lack of that. However, we have hope in Christ, and there is hope, and there is something we can keep our eye on. Today, we're going to just talk again. Our conversations at home are what we bring to you, and our conversations, you know, at practice with the other moms that are sitting around us, the other grandparents Mm -hmm. that you're having Mm -hmm. dinner with, those are the conversations we're bringing to you. And so it's not always something that we have all figured out and we have the tips, <laughs> so the top 10 ways, yeah. you know, to conquer this in your life. But we do have these conversations and they always come back to our hope and our faith in Jesus and, always, yeah. and his word. That's true. And, you know, when we talk about fear, it just makes you think of all the things that you can be afraid of. And one of the things that we can't ignore if we're going to talk about raising countercultural kids is social media. You know, I teach high school, and I'm around high school kids a lot, and I became aware when I started doing this, what, four years ago, three, four years ago, I suddenly really one day in class became aware as these students started telling me how many hours a day they spend on screens and on social media. I was, Mm. I was, I'll use a word I love to use, flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted at how much time. The, you know, studies show it's like six, seven hours a day. And these students from these homes, you know, in wonderful, you know, wonderful uh, neighborhoods all around us where just normal kids were like, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's true. That's that's kind of what teenagers do. And I was um, just in the dark about that. I just didn't realize it was quite so prevalent. But it is, and it's one of those facts of life, and it's something that I think as grandparents especially, because we didn't grow up with it, we're afraid of it for our grandkids. And I think as parents you are because you are aware of what's on it. Mm. You know, like my little feed comes in with all my Christian people I follow and all the different things, and it's really, it's so wonderful. But that's not the case for our kids. And as we've talked about in previous podcasts, that's because our kids are being targeted mm-hmm. on social media. So we gotta we gotta tackle that. And if we're gonna raise countercultural kids, we have to help them tackle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of influences out there, and they're not always the influences we want our kids to actually be <laughs> taking in. And they're getting those messages. You know, mm-hmm. they might um, be few and far between. There might be a lot of good influences that they're getting and they're following. But when you get those little messages over and over again, pretty soon you start to believe them. And if there are a lot of lies coming through that social media, then I think that really does end up shaping their worldview. And we want them to have a worldview that's based on truth and based on who God says they are, not who, uh, you know, their, their greatest influencer says they are. Yeah. And you really said it. You know, those are 
sometimes those messages that come through social media for our kids, they're very crafty. They're very well done. So they don't just scream out sometimes their worldview or what it is, but it's an easy way to suck our kids into a very different worldview than what we get from um, from our Christian faith, from what we believe and who we are following as Jesus followers. So we wanted to t- talk about that a little bit today. And, I, and, and as we were talking about it, oh my goodness, I was reminded of a story that I think I've alluded to here before, but I've never really told the whole story. Mm. So I had to ask Bree, okay, we had this conversation you know, between us, but do you care if I share the story? And you're okay with that story yeah. mm-hmm. from when you were a teenager. Because this is not new. Again, we keep saying this. This is not new. Um, You know, our enemy, the devil, has always been after kids, has always been trying to be crafty. Mm -hmm. Um, The fear and the worry with our kids with social media is now it is, like you said, six, seven hours a day, where before it maybe wasn't as prevalent. But it's not new. We dealt with it when I was a teenager. That's right. And there was no social media when you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. Was there even anything when you were a teenager? Mm -mm. Not like that. So so this is pre-social media. Thank you, Mom. You are (laughs) really aging me. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Well, uh, this is pre-social media. And you'll see how it relates, hopefully, in a a minute here. But we were driving to the mall. Now, that right away tells you that that was a while ago. (laughs) Because how often do you do that anymore? I mean, that used to be a weekly experience for a lot of us back in the day. So we were driving to the mall. And we got into this conversation because you wanted to buy some clothes at a store, um, Abercrombie and Fitch. And I had just recently, I had always been troubled when we'd walk by that store because they had these billboard size, huge photographs of these beautiful teenage kids, I'll say it in my language, scantily clad and in situations that I would not want you to be in. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like their clothes. I didn't like the store because of that. But I had just heard about a situation that I wasn't aware of where they put out a catalog. Now, so we're talking back in, oh, I'm trying to think here, about 1999, probably. So you were in that, well, I won't say how old you were, but you were (laughs) in those teenage years. And um, they put out this catalog that I think it would be generous to say it was soft porn. I think most of us would consider it to be pornography. And they were selling it to the kids that would come into the store, $6.95. So not only are they putting porn in your kids' hands, but kids are paying for it. And I had heard on a Christian radio show something about it because the Illinois, um, the Illinois lieutenant governor had called for a boycott of Abercrombie and Fitch. And so it made headlines and it made news. And so suddenly everybody was talking about it and parents were becoming aware mm-hmm about this catalog. Now, let alone the pictures that are plastered all over their walls. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was was not thrilled when you told me that the first store you wanted to go to was Abercrombie and Fitch. (laughs) You wanted to go there and you you wanted to get something. I said, oh, I I, I don't know, I I can't imitate what I said, but I can still feel the feelings that I felt Mm because I just didn't want you to spend your money there. Mm. And I didn't, you were a teenager. I think we were kind of going through one of those typical teenage times where we weren't really having the greatest relationship in the mm. world. We went through a couple years like that. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> but I got on my high horse and I, <laughs> I, just let her, I just let her have it. I just said, oh, oh, great. So you're going to go in there and you're going to spend your money. You're going to put money in the pockets of these people that could care less about you or your friends 
because they would just as soon sell you. And I went, oh, I went, I, I think. <laughs> Do you remember? I don't. I've been trying to remember exactly the conversation. I remember what I felt. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I remember what I thought. But no, yeah. go ahead. I don't remember, though. Well, exactly I think I got pretty real with you mm-hmm. about, yeah. about what they were selling. Mm-hmm. And they were selling this message. The message that they were selling was, teenager, if you aren't dressing like this, and if you aren't acting like this, which was very inappropriate for teenage boys and girls, then you're just not cool. You're just not, you're, you're, you're not cutting it. And so buy our clothes, and oh my goodness, your life is gonna change like you can't believe. That was the message. Mm. And I felt like you were buying into that message and wanting to buy their clothes. Now you, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> I think you just wanted a new pair of jeans. I think right? I just thought the jeans were cute. I had no idea what I was asking <laughs> of my mother when I said, could we go there? I, I, of course, that's not typically, you know, how this starts, right? It's not kids wanting to buy into this whole idea. It's, it just seems harmless. And as we've mentioned, mom, you were a little, you know, yeah. A little tight reined, a little fearful. Um, yeah. There were there were some things that I didn't, I don't think you needed to be fearful about that you were. And so my feelings, my mind straight went to, you know, she's overreacting. This is, this is not a big deal. I just want to buy a pair of jeans. I'm not going to end up like, you know, in one of those poses. And so <laughs> it, it just yeah. felt like that. However, that was my mind and my heart trying to justify against what I really knew to be true because everything she was saying was true and she was honest and she was raw with me. And so on, you know, the flip side as the child now trying to remind myself as a parent too, that I was listening. Kids are listening. They hear you, Mm -hmm. especially when you are truthful and real with them. You know, if, if it's just, well, I just don't want you to shop there. I just think, I just think that's inappropriate. I just think that's not okay. I think you really got down to the nitty gritty. You yeah. told me that how they wanted my money and they wanted to influence me in a way that was not glorifying to God. And we had conversations about it. You didn't just yes. cut me off and say, nope, we're never shopping there. That's out of the question. You really opened up a door for us to have dialogue. And I think I probably disagreed with you just yeah. knowing oh, my yeah. personality. Yeah. I yeah. probably argued yeah. with you just a little bit yeah. because I'm kind of a strong-willed person. <laughs> and I tend to, even even if I agree with somebody, I tend to try to see the other side of it and argue it sure. just to see where the conversation oh, yeah. goes. You were good at that. Yeah, still is, actually. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But... I think it it ended up probably being a good conversation because if I remember correctly, and I don't know if somebody might find a receipt or a, a bill and, and I'm wrong, I think I only bought something once at Abercrombie and, and I think it was that day. Was actually. it? I think oh, so. Really? But I remember, okay. I remember saying this to you. I remember saying, "Okay, when you walk," because I you I think you asked me, "Well, are you are you saying I can't shop there?" Now, this is where, you know, in the moment, you moms, you know this, you're trying to decide, okay, where do I draw the line? Do I say, no, you are not shopping there, or do I give them a choice? And I think that's something that we struggle with because in the teenage years, you are trying to let go of your child, and you need to, I think. You need to start letting go, letting them make decisions, and um, and knowing when and when not to. And so I think what I said, and I because I, boy, I just remember this because we're driving along, 
it's in my mind that I said, okay, but here's what I want you to think about. When you walk up there to put your money down for that pair of jeans, I want you to think about this. The executives of that company, their reaction when they were asked by reporters, because remember, I was a reporter at the time, and so I was really keyed into the news and that aspect of it. So they'd gone and, and interviewed these executives. What do you think about this boycott by Christians, uh, a call for a boycott anyway, against your product? And their comment was, and I wrote it down here, was very arrogant, and the way they said it was very arrogant, and the, and the quote was, there is no bad publicity. Mm. Bring it on, basically, mm-hmm. you know? And so my, I said to you, just, just, just picture them sitting up in their big office somewhere and saying, oh, we don't worry about a boycott. Those good little Christian kids, they'll come in here and spend their money just like everybody else. Mm. And I said, I just want you to think about that when you go and <laughs> buy this pair of jeans. <laughs> and I, if my memory serves me, you did that day. I don't think you ever did after that. Mm. But, but you did that day. And I let you know I was disappointed. But I don't think I just kept harping on it. Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. She is on a roll. So we're going to pause. Mom, let's pause. And we have to thank our sponsor for the day. And then we'll be back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brad, president of Northwest Christian Credit Union, and we're proud to be sponsoring this episode of A Home That Heals. At Northwest Christian Credit Union, your financial well-being is our priority. Your Christian values are welcomed, and your faith is encouraged. From everyday personal banking, to multi-million dollar church loans, to biblically sound investing, Northwest Christian Credit Union is your stewardship partner. We're here to serve with personalized banking in person or online. Northwest Christian Credit Union has been serving the Christian community since 1954. Investing back into our local Christian community is a part of our DNA and believe that healthy homes foster a stronger community. So we are proud to sponsor A Home That Heals. Visit mynccu.org to explore how membership can benefit you. All right, we're back. So we'll let mom continue. Go ahead, go for it. <laughs> this was the thing I wanted to tell you about and here's how it relates to social media. That was a real life situation. It was something you were going to do that I felt like you needed to be enlightened Mm. to the truth behind it. The truth behind it is that you, all the way back then in 1999, 2002, whatever year it was, you you were being manipulated. We all are, every day, doesn't matter what age we are, being manipulated by advertising and those things, not just to buy the product, but to buy a worldview. Mm. And I think that's the thing that just breaks my heart about social media is that social media is selling something. Maybe your kids don't, you know, write a, well, who writes a check anymore? They don't, you know, put money on the table, but you you offer your followership, you offer whatever, because the motives are the same. The motives are in manipulation, are to make money. I wrote this down too. Hey, she did not get me a new notebook. Look at this, I have my, my awful looking little notebook here. Um, Because when I'm thinking about this stuff, I try to write down the thoughts so they'll come to me when I want them to. Um, You know, it's to make money, to try to get you to believe what they believe, to become an advocate for what they believe in, to become a, a participant in what they believe in. And all of those things are true of social media. Now, it's for good and for bad. For good. When I post things, I want to convince people that there is no better life than following Jesus. There's nothing better. And I'm, and I'm trying to influence, and we try to do that on a home that heals. There's no better way 
to have a home that heals than to be in God's word, to be following him, praying for your kids, all those things, that's good. We're trying to influence. But there's a whole other world out there that is probably better at it than most of us and is trying to influence our kids. And the only way we can help them is to make them aware Mm -hmm. and to help them see the manipulation, just like I tried to in the car that day. See the manipulation, start to become aware of it, and to realize that they're being manipulated. Because most people don't really like the idea of being manipulated. It's not something that is particularly attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what spoke to me the most. Mm -hmm. Again, being a strong-willed person that I am, I didn't like the idea that someone else was trying to manipulate me and trying to get me to buy into a worldview and something that I also didn't agree with. And so we could find common ground on that. Now, again, you know your child, you know them best, you know what's going to speak Mm -hmm. to them. Maybe it's that, you know, I don't want to be manipulated, or I don't want to be lied to, or I don't want to be... That's a good one. Yeah. I don't want to be lied to. Yeah. Pointing out the lies. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I had to... That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, so you know your child and just speak to that and help them see, you know, help them see through all the muck and the mire. Because just like you were saying, um, Satan doesn't cloak everything in lies. He he really does cloak it in a little bit of truth. Mm. A lot of times there there is some truth to it. There is, um, there is some Christian values or morals to it. And that's what, those, those lies are the scariest because well, they're hard to true. point out, so. Well, and there, there are people who are saying they're Christians and then, you know, portraying something that's completely different from that. And so how do you help your child sort of become discerning? Mm. Uh, I think that's something you're going to face. You've got a teenager now. Mm -hmm. And so teaching your teenagers to be discerning, Mm -hmm. being able to decide, okay, what's the truth here is so important. And, you know, a a verse that I wanted to really make our kind of our verse for the day, going back to my ugly notebook, Um, is in Ephesians. And I, you know, this verse I go back to so many times. And this is where Paul is talking about the gifts that were all given to make the body of Christ strong and to help strengthen each other. And I think of that, you know, in terms of church, you know, the, the people that you worship with and serve with, but also in terms of your family, you know, he's given us gifts to help strengthen our children. And so after he's talking about that, Paul says this in Ephesians 4, 14 through 15. He said that um, basically as a result to strengthen each other in the body of Christ and become more and more like him, then we will no longer, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by trickery when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth instead we speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ i mean in those few words there is so much to unpack i mean babe don't you think like when you listen to this then we will no longer be immature like children that's what we're trying to do with our kids we're trying to help our kids grow out of childhood and into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And to do that, we have to realize they have more spiritual capacity than we sometimes recognize. We talked about that last time. They also sometimes need to hear the raw truth. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's 
you know, you have to know your own child and how much you can do, but that you've got to be honest with them. Yeah, because right. that's what you know, getting it, getting them to grow up. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. That's what you want your kids to be able to see. When is the lie so clever mm-hmm. that it sounds like the truth? Yeah. So, Abercrombie and Fitch. You know, I don't even know if they're still in business. I suppose they are. I haven't. I have. I haven't been around that store in a long time. But I think that um, there are a lot of those kinds of situations. But in your own home, you were saying as we were talking about this the other day. You know, we we don't invite people into our homes that are going to absolutely draw our kids down a wrong road. We don't. We don't do that. But we do in our homes have those influences if we're not really careful. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's our thought today about raising countercultural kids, and I think it really boils down to this. It is just something we're grappling with um, as we realize more and more that it's pretty hard to avoid social media in the lives of teenagers today. It's it's a part of life for most, most of them, and we just want to be wise. We want to be wise women, wise moms, and leading our kids in the way of the truth. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us here on A Home That Heals. We hope you will come back and join us next time. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Reach out. Let us know how you are helping your child navigate the waters of social media. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have some great influencers that you're following that you'd like to share with us so that we can pass that along that are really speaking truth and hope and bravery, courage into Mm. your kids' lives. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, have a wonderful and blessed day. A Home That Heals is produced in partnership with 89.5 KTSY. To find out more about them, go to ktsy.org.